And now, a bonus show from the Trust Signals podcast. Once upon a time, almost 20 years ago, there was a tech startup founded in the Boston area by a couple of grad students at MIT. The company got off to a pretty fast start, but then signs of conflict began to emerge. The marketing department was generating an amazing number of leads, but increasingly the sales team struggled to close them. That's when the finger pointing began. Sales blamed marketing for providing low-quality leads, while marketing accused sales of not following up on leads properly. As a result, the startup's revenue growth began to stall. Marketing and sales were working against each other instead of together, and the company suffered. It wasn't until the company's founders recognized the problem and decided to invest in something called sales and marketing alignment that things began to turn around. The marketing and sales team started working more closely together with regular meetings to discuss lead quality and content strategy. Marketing began to tailor their campaigns to meet the needs of the sales team, providing more qualified leads that were more likely to convert. Sales, in turn, shared data on what types of leads were converting and what messaging was resonating with customers. Over time, the company's revenue began to grow once again, By working together toward a common goal, marketing and sales were able to achieve alignment and drive revenue growth. But the company's commitment to sales and marketing alignment didn't stop there. As it continued to grow, they recognized that alignment wasn't a one-time fix, but an ongoing process. The two teams continued to work together closely, with regular meetings to discuss lead quality and content strategy, as well as ongoing collaboration on new initiatives. One specific example of this ongoing alignment was the creation of a marketing team. This team was made up of representatives from both sales and marketing who worked together on a daily basis to share insights, identify opportunities for improvement, and develop new strategies to drive growth. The marketing team was a key driver of care of the company's continued success, helping it to stay ahead of the competition as their industry rapidly evolved. So what company am I talking about? It might surprise you to know that this company that originally struggled with sales and marketing alignment is actually one of the most successful companies in the sales and marketing software industry today. How successful? From 2010 to 2022, the company's annual revenue grew from $10 million to $1.7 billion. The company for those of you who haven't guessed, is HubSpot. And their success is a testament to the power of sales and marketing alignment. And now you know, as the late radio legend Paul Harvey might say, the rest of the story. I have my own story about sales and marketing alignment. It's a technique I've used specifically to help align with salespeople and sales organizations that just don't seem to get marketing. I know how to win them over. I did it when I was a CMO and I've done it as an agency owner as well. So let me give you some advice. I'll tell you that you might think of my technique as flattery or put less gently ass kissing, but I don't mind. As you'll see, it is those things, but it's more than that. Let's say a sales leader or salesperson is skeptical of Mark. They think it's a waste of time 
and they can't connect the dots back to the sale. So they repeatedly insist that marketing focus on sales support, blasting product offers to the email list, plastering sales-heavy content all over the website, producing collateral to support the sales team. And when they get those things, they complain that it doesn't work. It's not worth the investment. So their company, they, they argue, is better off having more feet in the street a larger sales organization, rather than wasting more money on marketing. When I have a conversation with someone who comes at sales and marketing from this perspective, here's how I approach you. Brett, let's say his name was Brett. You're really successful in sales, aren't you? Pretty impressive. Yes, I've done well. Thank you for saying that. Tell me, what brought you to ABC Corp anyway? I was working at XYZ Corp which has the same target market as ABC Corp. And they knew that I could bring over a lot of the accounts that I built relationships with over time and convert those. And then, of course, build new relationships as well. Wow. So what's the key to building a relationship? It sounds like it's not ABC's product per se, since you can either sell XYZ Corp's product or ABC Corp's product to the same people. Yes and no, Brett tells me. Obviously, ABC has a good product. But the reason my contacts know it's good is because they trust me. They know I wouldn't steer them wrong. I see, I respond to Brett. So you're saying that if you just walked up to someone you didn't know and started trying to sell them ABC's product, it wouldn't work very well? Brett laughs. No, not at all. You have to build the relationship first. So when you're ready to buy, they come to you. A relationship built on trust? Yes, absolutely. That's the only kind of relationship that matters. I couldn't agree more. And really, what you do so well one-on-one, building relationships of trust, is what good marketing and PR is supposed to do. I think of them as a company's way to scale what its best salespeople do. Because, of course, ABC Corp can only have one rep, right? Right. So in the same way that you build those relationships by being helpful and having interesting things to share with your contacts, marketing and PR are just trying to do that same thing with all the information we share online. It's not to sell a product. It's to build a relationship of trust. Not with Brett, since there's only one Brett, but with the ABC brand. That makes sense, Brett says. So if you could help me out here, a lot of folks on your sales team, Brad, keep saying that PR is a waste of time. They keep telling the marketing team that it should stick to a sales-first message about speeds and feeds and product features. And you just told me that wouldn't work for you. So why would it work for marketing? Hmm, I see your point, Brett says. Or at least I hope he says that. Flattery will get you everywhere, they say, when there's a point behind it. I define PR. For those of you who've listened to just about anything I've ever said, I say it so often, but I define PR as the art of securing trust at scale. And another way of thinking of that is scaling what your company's most successful salespeople do every day. There's only one Brett, but the opportunities to build brand trust are truly unlimited. Thanks for listening to this Trust Signals bonus show. Thanks for listening to this bonus show. 
from the Trust Signals podcast. 